Hello and welcome to the Labyrinth of Lore. I am Steven. And I'm Miriam. And we are here to talk about flavor and story and all those goofy things in magic. In this case, specifically, the magic stories, because we have missed six of them? Six. Yes. Partially the one that came out yesterday. Yeah, partially because we're recording late this week. So, we are running through Promises Old and New, Liliana's Indignation, Games, The Lunark Inquisition, Stories and Endings, and I Am Avacyn. And it should be said that from now until June 8th, yep. there are actually not going to be any new stories set on Innistrad. Well, that follow the Shadows Over Innistrad story. Yeah, they said something like they're going to be doing two new stories from different realms. Yeah, from across the multiverse. So they could come yeah. back to Innistrad if they want, but it won't have to do with this direct story. Precisely. Yep. And I expect that means on June 8th we'll start getting more of the, what's it called? Eldritch Moon story coming to us. Yeah, that's definitely possible. Since I Am Avison kind of wraps up the whole story. I mean... We'll we'll explain when we get to it, but it's pretty final. It wraps up the story that we know about and leaves a whole bunch of questions sort of unanswered, but... Pretty much. So, I will be going through Promises Old and New very quickly. Basic idea is Soren has come home, he's visited Markov Manor, he knows what's been done to it. Uh, off screen, he has apparently collected all of the other remaining members of the Markov brood and brought them together and they're mobilizing for war. And he has come to Olivia Voldarin, the progenitor of the Voldarins, to try and get her to side with him as well. Apparently, the Falconrath have been completely destroyed, which I think we have sort of puzzled at before, since anything with Falconrath that we've seen has been, like, madness-related, or the mm -hmm. card transforms into a crazier version of itself, that sort of stuff. Like Heir of Falconrath. Yeah. In fact, Olivia actually calls out and specifically says that uh, Avacyn has destroyed their manor, and when he mentions that Markov Manor has been destroyed, she goes, well, you should know something about that then. It was your creation that probably did it, but he knows it was Nahiri. Mm -hmm. No mention of the Stromkirk who lived down in Nefalia, so they're probably fine? Who knows, actually? They're very strange for vampires even still. So... We're never actually told in this why Soren is, as Olivia refers to him, the scion of the Markov. For some reason, he's been like disowned by his family. But he's coming here to get her help. Uh, she is sort of questioning why on Earth he would want her help. And he starts having flashbacks to the time when he created Avacyn and the Hell Vault. So basically... He, Ugin, Nahiri, lock up the Eldrazi on Zendikar. They leave. Nahiri stays to keep watch on her plane. And Sorin, sort of inspired by this, decides to, I should probably protect my own plane, especially since my plane has a lot of things trying to kill everyone else. So he created the Hell Vault, and he created Avacyn. Doesn't go too much into how or why, although apparently he was basically unconscious for a long time making them. He apparently didn't explain this to anyone else why he was did this or how he did this. Like, apparently Olivia understands and knows that he made Avacyn, but that's about it. Uh, the Eldrazi started to break out on Zendikar for a brief time. Nahiri locked them back up. This was 
literally hundreds of years after they had initially been sealed. And then neither Ugin or Sorin came to find out what was going on because they had set up some sort of magic alarm that they would get. She went back to Sorin because she had no idea where Ugin went. It was like, what the hell, dude? Why didn't you come? There's like this great moment where it's like, Sorin, I'm so happy to see you. Now, what the heck were you doing? Why weren't you here when I needed you? And he sort of, this is a little, I think this is one of the first places where she might be starting to go a little bit nuts because he literally talks about how she has inspired him to do this to protect his own plane. It wasn't something that he had any interest in doing before. Yeah, and she's kind of like, that's, that's BS. It's more like, that's okay, that's fine, but you actively made it harder for me to contact you and then didn't keep your promise and coming back to help my plane what the hell yeah so he keeps having flashbacks while he's explaining to olivia why he created avison basically to protect everyone in the world keep everything in balance that sort of stuff and then talks about avison meeting nahiri because avison sensed hmm there's something bad from another plane here that seems like one of those things i'm supposed to protect innistrad from mm-hmm. flew down and uh, Nahiri and Sorin and Avison all got into some sort of scrap and then he pulled his sword on her and then it just sort of cuts off there. We don't know what happened. I assume Nahiri left somewhere better, hopefully, but she probably went back to Zendikar. And after this explanation, Olivia sort of agrees. She agrees in that she's going to take payment out of Sorin very, very heavily for her help, but she sort of agrees to lend her people as an army to him for some purpose. I'll point out this army is literally never used in any of the stories. Nope. So, eh. But not too bad a story. Yeah, not too bad a story. It's a good few pages long. Really sweet art in a couple places. Mm, I would suggest checking it out almost only for the art on its own. Mm -hmm. But it's also just a good story. Yes. There's even one thing here that I hope they use soon that's a beautiful piece of art for Nahiri that isn't attached to a card or anything. Let me see if I can find the one that you're talking about because I think I know... It's her with this like one. beautiful molten sword that she has just pulled out of a rock. Oh, yeah. Her face in that is so... Yeah. So glorious. It's very, I want to say, watercolor-esque in its style, but it's so good. I, I hope there's a card with that soon. Yeah, it. but oddly enough, it's kind of... it. The way she's uh, drawn, it mimics the angular, uh, it like, it's almost kind of angular, her face and all of that. Yeah. Geometric. That's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. So, which one did you want to, do you so, want to take the one that I have zero interest in? <laughs> I will, do, I will take the one that you have zero interest in. <laughs> uh, thank you very so, much. To continue our level of Jace hate that we have for him, since he tends to go derping into situations and tends to make things worse, um, this story, uh, this is called Liliana's Indignation, and as the title says, it's Liliana. It's from her perspective. So this is after Jace has returned from the Drown Yard. Um, It starts that Liliana is kind of having, like... So if you can picture having this, this entity, the Raven Man... Um, this is the person who she describes as someone who has, like, helped her and taught her and kind of given her the information of, like, the the veil and all of that jazz. And um, so, essentially, this is after uh, Jace comes back from Markov Manor and the Drownyard Temple, and, she's, and he thinks she has had something to do with it. Um, 
the destruction of Markov Manor and that she knows what is happening at the John Yard Temple that the um oh what are they called the like the monoliths are her doing and uh the cryptoliths like, thank you cryptoliths and he's just like what are you doing but during this he's kind of slowly going a little nutty himself just from all the stuff that since he visited Markov Manor pretty much pretty much so he's going a little bit nutty so that's a lovely uh layer of stuff that's going on um talking about the angel so let's see he tells her um sorry he starts informing her about what's at the drawn temple and he's like what is going on what's there and then he finishes explaining what's been going on because at the end of drawn temple you don't actually know what it's for um so he described so the sentence is it's full of ghosts he said souls and you want to be rid of ghosts but keep their power for yourself and there's one thing they know about here it's ghosts because again he thinks it's her doing um, so let's see, there's she that. Has literally nothing to do with ghosts, so. Nothing. He, like, she has nothing to do with it. Yeah, she de- she deals with bodies, so there's a weird thing. Innistrad is one of the planes where we actually know what happens when people die. Well, sort mm-hmm. of. To a lesser extent than we do about, say, Nyx. Not Nyx, uh, Theros. When people die on Innistrad, they sanctify your remains, bury it, and then your spirit is escorted by flight alabaster which is a set of angels commanded by bruna who right now is crazy and trying to kill people yep uh her angels escort your soul to the blessed sleep which wasn't happening in previous innistrad block because the angels were so busy trying to make sure all the humans didn't just go extinct and now isn't happening because the angels aren't escorting them there because they've gone nutty so all of their spirits are trapped on this plane, which is where we get geists. And apparently the cryptoliths are siphoning the souls into the Drownyard Temple for some reason. Mm-hmm. And that that is essentially everything about that episode is Jace is going nuts. He thinks Liliana's doing it. And uh, he... So another thing that's kind of happening is Jace is trying to break into Liliana's head to get information. Which is a and bad idea. Just, which... This is one of those times where Jace is being an idiot and we're just like, nope, get out of my head, out of my head, out of my head, out of my head. And yeah, essentially, that really just sums up what's going on. I mean, he then goes uh, to go look for more information uh, on Tomio's journal. That's about it. Jace yeah. blunders in, Jace bl- blunders out in true Jace form. Yep. And it should be said that another reason why this is a bad idea is one, Liliana's also a mind mage, like, not to the specific degree that Jace is. Like, Jace mm-hmm. is very good about reading people's minds, figuring out what's going on, uh, that sort of thing. Liliana is the mind reader where she, depending on the setting, either looks at your mind and goes and plucks pieces out of it, or she just sort of grabs your mind and starts tearing pieces out at random. Mm-hmm. That is the kind of mind mage that she is. Not a good idea to try and deal with that. Especially if she's not actively antagonizing her. Don't antagonizing you. Don't make her. Pretty much. So then uh, next big one. that we're Okay, so we're skipping over games until the end because we want to do something special with that. Because we think it's a it's a great episode. Yes. And it needs a little more than just a quick uh, overview. So episode 10 the Lunark Inquisition will be going over very briefly because it's a good story, but not a whole hell of a lot of stuff happens in it. Mm-hmm. There's a character from games who appears in this 
will be skipping over his stuff from games because he's as uninteresting in that as he is here. Uh, his name is Great, I believe. Mm-hmm. He is, what is he, the o- something officer? I've already forgotten his title. Uh, the executive officer. Yeah, the executive officer, just, eh, he's not interesting at all. Mm-hmm. He technically sides with the Lunark Inquisition in the same way that technically Audric does as well. Mm-hmm. Basic idea, Thalia has been seeing what the Inquisition has been doing, specifically in, what is the place called? Uh, Draven? Elgud, no, no, that's the city. Oh, sorry. Um... Elgud Grounds. Yeah. Uh, she returns to the Thraben Cathedral because she is the guardian of Thraben and basically is trying to tell people, like, uh, there are some... This Inquisition is just straight murdering people, apparently with a popular phrase, sin-drenched. Mm-hmm. They're saying something to the effect of everyone in this part of Innistrad, and to a lesser extent all of Innistrad, are sin-drenched, including small children. And that they cannot be saved, they must be burned. Yeah. This Sin is plagued, like, sorry, not drenched. Oh god, it's it's horrifying because it's men, women, and children. Yeah. So basically Thalia is trying to convince Audric, who is effectively the head of the military of the Lunark Council, who again, in theory, he's in charge of this, except that control has been passed to what was his name? Oh, it's are you talking about the the Chief Inquisitor, uh, Olmach. Yeah, I yeah. think I know who you're talking about. Where are you? He doesn't have a card or anything, it's just Olmach. There isn't even a picture of him. Yeah. Yeah, he is, the, just... he is the Chief Inquisitor. All military power and ca- has been passed over to him, so Audric is largely just sort of a figurehead. Mm-hmm. Uh, his job now is mostly to voice concerns of the average Cathar to the Lunark Council, but he doesn't have a vote on it. Mm-hmm. So Thalia tries to convince him, like, stuff is going bad, and he sort of agrees that, yes, but I'm going to try to work within the system to see if there's anything I can do. There turns out there isn't, and Thalia just storms off, like, okay, you're clearly not going to do anything, so bye. Mm-hmm. And there's a brief thing she has about, uh, he tries to convince her that, well, you, you're the one who released Avison from the Hell Vault, and she goes, yeah, I did, because I thought it was necessary. Maybe it was the wrong idea. <laughs> maybe having an angel trapped in there with all those demons for so long, maybe she's worse than all of they are. All of the demons are now. Like, uh, she also points out that apparently Avison is barely hunting the demons anyway. They're mostly hunting people. Mm-hmm. Like, if she sees a demon, she'll kill it, but she's not going out of her way to actually try and find them. Yeah. So she runs off. Uh, she actually comes back a few months I think it's a few months later. They don't establish a good timeline for this. Mm, let's see. Uh, weeks weeks later. later. Yeah. Like, so, it is just the yeah, weeks just later. weeks later. So uh, he keeps thinking back on her... Audra keeps thinking back on Thalia's words, listening to every council meeting, and so is just every young man drawled the phrase sin-plagued, and he heard Thalia's voice on the brink of vulgarity. Every mention of the chief inquisitor made him think of her words, Allmark... Uh, Olmach, sorry, is completely out of control. So he just keeps listening, like, oh my god, we have actually become the monsters now. Good job, us. And at this final council meeting that he's just like, I don't know if I can handle this anymore, she bursts in to announce that I am Guardian of Thraben, I have a right to speak before this council. Like, 
we stripped you of that title. You can't do that anymore. It's like, well, too bad. I'm already here. So deal with Pretty it. Pretty much. Um, and announces that I have proof that, sorry, <clears throat> it's I bring evidence that you have been in communion with the demon Ormondal yes. called the Profane Prince and that you are now the leader of the Skurzdag uh, to Bishop Jiren, who has never been mentioned before, but we haven't heard anything about the Lunarchs beyond the fact that they're all a little bit crazy. And we even have a card that specifically calls out the Skurzdag as saying, like, yeah, we have members on the Lunark Council. Isn't it awesome? Pretty much. And if, if you remember from the very beginning, uh, the very first story where it's like, Oh, what was her name? It was that the woman who tried to raise Ormondal. Oh, the first the, time. The uh, it was one of the, I don't remember her name either. It was a. It was, it a was originally it was like the cat the ex Cathar's wife. Yeah. So that's like well here's another example. Yep. So, so she basically starts telling her story and they keep going. Hey, so where's your actual evidence? So she just keeps telling her story, and then throws a th- thing on the table that is a. What is it? It's a letter. It's a letter, but I'm trying to find the actual wording. Uh, the dead writer was a messenger of this cathedral carrying this letter. She produced a sheet of parchment from inside her cloak. Dark splatters and smudges of what must have been blood disfigured the page. Read it for yourselves and judge the truth of my accusation. The letter bears the seal and signature of none other than Bishop Jaron in giving instructions to this witch in the name of the profane prince. So at this point... They both begin to realize that, oh, Jaren's actually corrupted most of the council. So they have the Cathars, who are talking about the p- sin-plagued people, throw her in the dungeon to be executed later. Mm-hmm. Audric finds an excuse to leave, frees her, and he, her, and Greet go to leave on horses. And... Eight or so Cathars come to stop them. Like, we totally expected this, so you're all going into the into the cells, or we're going to have to kill you. All of them forgetting that one of these literally is the one who freed Avacyn the first time, and is, like... Guardian of Thraben was not a honorific title. It was very much a merit-based title. Yeah. Um, and then that Audric is the head of the military, again, merit-based, also that he trained all eight of these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they quite literally almost kill all of them. In fact, as they're leaving, Audric is basically going, I'm pretty sure I accident. They're all going to probably bleed to death because the council won't send anyone to help them. And he starts to do the prayer for asking, what are they called? Uh, the flight of alabaster to take mm-hmm. them take their spirits to the blessed rest and halfway through it goes like the angels probably don't even care anymore do they pretty much and just goes screw it and finishes the prayer anyway in blind hope and at this Actually, point it's kind of interesting he doesn't finish it uh Thalia does Ooh, yep i so, completely missed that yeah so uh may the angels of the of flight alabaster guide you he choked on the words did the angels give a damn about human spirits anymore guide you to the blessed rest thalia said close beside him and then she does the avacyn collar symbol kind of some it's kind of like crossing yourself so you trace like, the avacyn yeah, it's, collar it's shoulder to heart shoulder to heart so that's really cool though i, I like that they're establishing small things like that yeah um and then they head off to 
near 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 Heath Chapel where mm-hmm. they have set up the Order of St. Traft. And there's a funny thing here where, uh, what is it? Welcome to the Order of St. Traft, Talia says, Thalia says, gesturing the chapel around her as if it were a grand palace. St. Traft, Greet said, you lay claim to a noble pedigree by invoking his name. Demon slayer, beloved of angels, martyr of the needle's eye. You could hardly have chosen a more worthy patron. And then it's just, I did not choose him, Thalia said with a smile. He chose me. A luminous mist coalesced behind Thalia, turning her hair into liquid gold. Her face seemed to shine with a light of, light of its own. A moment later, there were two faces. They pulled farther apart, and a man stood bu- beside her, radiant but insubstantial, a holy geist, St. Traft himself. That I'm, That's just really sweet. That's cool. Yeah. It's like, oh no, I'm not just... I, it's kind of almost a Joan of arc type moment, like... Yeah. I have been chosen. And they do a wonderful thing where they all, they're all they also showing the art from Invocation of St. Traft, the thing that basically turns a creature into Geist of St. Traft minus the Hexproof. And in one of these articles, they did one of his cool alternate arts, and I don't remember what article it was. Because his original art wasn't bad, but it was by no means my favorite thing ever. Now if I could just find this new one, because it looked super good. And I don't know what set it was from. Yeah, I just don't remember what's, what article they included it in. Hmm, that's going to drive me might be it. Hang on, I'm looking at it right now. I think... I don't recognize that set. I don't know what that symbol is. What is um, the card? Uh, Geist of St. Traft. Yeah, and this so is... what, what Hang article? On. Um, I'm, I just looked it up online. I'm, I found it on Star City Games. Oh, that's a different thing then. Yeah. I'm talking about one of these six we're talking about here. Okay. Yeah. Star City is probably reviewing it as a very good card from... Uh, what's it called? Uh, past Magic History. Because mm-hmm. it used to be a standard, very important standard card. God dang it, where is it? Uh, da, 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 da. Nope, it's not that one. Bloody hell. It's not games. Uh, maybe it's I Am Avison, because I don't have one of those open for some reason. Are you running away? Yep. Yes, I will okay. be back in five minutes. Okay. I am going to find this image and just mention it and see where it's actually from, and then I, we will take a short break. Wonderful. Yep, there it is. Okay, yes, it's at the end of I Am Avison. It's the Geist of St. Traft art from Blessed vs. Cursed. It's actually really sweet. Anyway, Ah, oh, that was horrifying. We will see you back in just a second. <laughs> okay, so we are that back. was me accidentally knocking. We finished up Lunark Inquisition, and we figured out where the damn picture was from. The end of I Am Avison, basically when they were show not even the end, the middle where they were showing off a whole bunch of Avison uh, symbols. So I believe up next was stories and endings, which was a whole lot of nothing. Not, not, so as Steven said, not a lot really happened in this. Again, it's Jace. Jace is doing things. Jace is going places. It actually introduces Tomio. So Tomio, who we were, who Jace has been following her journal through uh, Innistrad, trying to figure out what the heck is going on. He actually runs into Tomio and they kind of put their heads together and figure out what the heck is happening. 
Um, so one of it's a pretty long story as far as story. Actually, no, it's actually not. It's not too bad. Um, but it's peppered with different stories, like um, a since stuff a lot from Kamigawa. Yeah, which is kind of strange. Some weird and, stuff from Mirrodin too, actually. Yeah, I mean, she talks about the fact that there's no Kami on the plane of Innistrad, and it just it's her. Um, there's stuff about her going and getting the research on Avicen. Um, and, and all of that, and it's just, not a lot happens. The most important thing, or the biggest thing that happens, is about, I would say, halfway through, um, when she was in the library, she opens the heavy door a few degrees more, uh, there's a slumping body striking the ground as if suddenly asleep, a librarian, aged, unarmored, unarmed and unarmored. So, literally... She sees Jace. Jace is there in the library. And she's like, oh, okay, so what are you doing here? And he's still going slightly nutty. So, as I said, not a lot is happening. They're trying to compare notes, figuring out who is doing the crypto stuff, um, figuring out what's going on with Avison, all of that. And it's that's pretty much it. Basically, it seems like no one still knows that Nahiri is doing mm. this except for Sorin and now Olivia. Yeah. But they are they have like come to the same terms about Avicen's being craziness. Mm-hmm. And I believe this is basically where they meet up for I Am Avicen, which frankly starts completely in medias res. Yep. So basically they're in the cathedral. They go to her cathedral. Or excuse me. They are in her cathedral and after they have, they're like, oh, what is going on here? Who are you? What's going on? They come back to reality and realize what the heck is going on. And Avison has just broken through the window. This is the art we really love. Well, Avison's okay. judgment. So hang on. Okay. First of all, they were in a completely separate place and basically went to a specific. There are many, many cathedrals all across Innistrad and they're all dedicated to Avison. They went to the Thraben Cathedral, which is basically this church's version of the Vatican. The biggest one. It is the church in the center of the capital of Thraben, where the Lunar Council was. I don't know where they've gone, because they're provably not here now. Uh, the two of them are went to Thraben Cathedral, because that's the most obvious roost for Avison. She attacked them, and... They were not doing well. We Most of it is actually written from the point of view of Avicen. Mm-hmm. Because we're starting to see that she's really gone nutty. Like, Pretty as, as Avicen is... Uh, not Avicen, as Jace is speaking, she sees worms spilling from his mouth. She hears all the right words, but the tone is wrong. It's not what it sounds like. The words crawl away into the shadows like centipedes. Uh, apparently, Tomio's eyes look like soulless black pits uh she has a bizarre discussion with soren before she realizes who he is and that he created her one point she finally manages to stab him and says something about his mouth looking like a leech's circular mouth Mm -hmm. for a brief second he looks normal to her again and then it's back to he she stabs him and she sees like lampreys instead of blood and some sort of bizarre creature thing instead of a heart Pretty sure he doesn't bleed lamprey, so that's probably her being loony. Yeah. Basically, he keeps trying to convince her to go into the basement where he made her, the like, the vault of the Archangel. And 
Tommy was convinced, like, don't kill her, don't kill her. Jace is being unhelpful and just shouting something pretty much the same. And ultimately, she just refuses to do anything. And it's just like, uh, she mentioned something about, you're just going to make another hell vault and imprison me. And she's like, nope, I could only do that once. Just like, I can't make another one of you anymore. And it's like, well, I, if I can't be destroyed, then you have to create something to hold me. It's like, but I made you. I can destroy you much as I don't want to. Turns it, it's very much like the, I brought you into this world and I can take you back out again. Even though he really doesn't want to. Yep. Doesn't even look at her as he tears her apart. Mm-hmm. Turns her into a literal pile of ash, which the... Avison, uh, not Avison, uh, Tomio and Jace come over, check the pile, and go, what did you do? It's like, she was literally about to kill both of you. Can you stop being twits about this? This is what mm-hmm. we get for both blue planeswalkers getting together. Pretty much. It's like, yes, the plane has lost, uh, it's Jace nods, the people of this world have lost a protector, and Tomio, just like, the plane has lost its protector. Pretty much. Yep. And they just keep asking him, what have you done? And he just walks away because he knows what he did. He, also, he accepts that he did it. And unlike these two, seems to understand that he really didn't have another option. Mm-hmm. She was going crazy. Yep. Eh. Loony as hell. Yeah. So we still have no idea why she was going crazy. We don't know why Nahiri's going crazy. We don't know what Nahiri's doing with a whole bunch of souls and messing with the yep. mana of the plane. I still am a for- I'm sorry to say, I do think it really is Nahiri summoning and el- trying to bring the last big Eldrazi Titan here. Mm-hmm. But we'll just have to see. And we ta- we did talk about this, how it's kind of, you messed up my wor- world, now I'm going to mess up yours. Yeah, I think, I'm fairly certain that's what it's going to be, but we'll just have to wait and see, because we haven't seen anything for Eldritch Moon yet. Nope. So, just to keep delaying the uh, reading of the things... I wanted to very, very briefly talk about the couple of announcements that came out on literally the thing now labeled as Announcement Day, because that's a name we needed. Mm -hmm. So they announced on Announcement Day what the next two sets are going to be, which is normally something that they do at PAX. I don't know why they're not doing it this year. Instead, they're going to start announcing cards at packs so the next two sets are kaladesh and ether revolt i want to say i'm trying to find the page with that so i can well uh... we'll try to find that i will continue explaining so kaladesh is uh chandra's home plane the place where all of the weird like every seems like almost everyone used some sort of like artifice magic except for her because she had fire magic and blew the things up but everyone makes these like constructs and very like uh not steampunk because we had this discussion very we did. Uh, uh clockwork clockwork yeah everything is very like arcanish clockwork things uh it looks very cool fairly interesting in general they seem to be related to ether in some way on the plane so i'm willing to bet that i think it's ether revolt i know that the tagline is uh, something along the lines of seize the power. So I'd be willing to bet that we're probably going to see the constructs revolt in the second set. And they also announced that they're doing, uh, they quietly announced that they're getting rid of intro packs and instead replacing them with planeswalker decks. So I don't know if they said for every set or for every 
block they're going to be doing two. I think I found it. Okay, they're going to be doing two Planeswalker decks, each of which contains a standard legal Planeswalker, though not one who is printed in the set. So basically mm -hmm. it will be, it could be we have a Chandra in one of the two Kaladesh sets. If we don't, something's gone wrong. And then we could have a different Chandra in the, inter in the Planeswalker pack. They've said that these will be less powerful than your standard Planeswalker, generally being sort of splashy and higher mana cost. We'll see. That might backfire on them. Uh, it will still be standard legal, but the only place to get them will be from these packs. There will be two every year, and the Planeswalker will have something to do with the set, so it won't be like, hey, Nahiri was in the last set. Let's do a Nahiri one. It'll actually be like, Chandra is on this plane doing stuff. Frankly, if they'd done it for Innistrad, I'd bet that they would have done a Tamiya one for this first set, just yeah. since we won't get a card for her until Eldritch Moon, probably. Um, something else that's kind of interesting that's going to be happening is the four-color commander decks that they're creating. Yes, but there's still a few more things I wanted to do for the yes. Planeswalker decks, because we're not quite there yet. Okay. Sorry. There's three other things that are going to be in those Planeswalker decks. Each one is going to have a... Uh, two copies of a rare card again standard legal but not from the set that does a thing and tutors up that specific planeswalker card so in this case it, they have announced that one of these first two is going to be chandra so it would say something about like deal some amount of damage and then also tutor up chandra the not head on fire i don't know what the hell her name's going to be and then you'll have another one that is Spell does X if you control a Chandra <clears throat> card. Spell does X plus Y. Something to that effect. And those will be an uncommon, which the deck will have three of. Again, not available in the set, but will be standard legal. And then it will have four of a common related to the creature. So I want to say Chandra is Phoenix, but that's a rare and way too good. So something smaller. Uh, I don't believe they said if it's a creature or a spell. So we'll have to wait and see about that, but... It will be a common, not necessarily new, but again, probably not in the set, but still legal. So, And these are supposed to be the new replacement for in intro packs, so instead of five not bad decks, we'll hopefully get two pretty decent decks, but we'll just have to wait and see. And yes, the commander thing, which I am very happy about. So this is coming out uh, November 2016, and this set will feature five four-color, 100-card commander decks and 56 new legal cards for Eternal format, but I don't so, I, I don't know Eternal, so Eternal at is, least I turn to you. Yeah, Eternal is Legacy and Vintage. It's basically all of the non-rotating formats that do not include, like, Modern, mm -hmm. so things that don't have a cutoff, so. Yes, so that's going to be uh, coming out soon, and then... It's supposed to be pretty interesting. They have a release date for it, November 11th, 2016. And bookmark that page. Please also send it to me because they will not include that any other time they give information about these products because they've been bad about that lately, which is to say the past two years. Got it. Sending it to you. Thank so you. That's pretty cool. Uh, and it should be said that as of right now, there are no four color legendary creatures. Nope. There are five color and there are five four color creatures called the Nephilim, which are not legendary, and do weird stuff anyway, but they'll probably all show up in these decks. 
But yeah, this these are going to be cool. A lot of these are going to be brand new cards, and I actually can't wait to see this one. This one I'm really looking forward to. Between this and Conspiracy 2 this year, oh my god, I'm actually really <laughs> enjoying being a multiplayer magic player, except I don't have anyone to play with anymore, so that's fun. Uh, Let's see. I'll have to find a way to play some, to draft some Conspiracy, though. Conspiracy is so much fun. Yeah. Hmm, Conspiracy Take the Crown. Yep. Is this magic? I'm checking that out right now because that looks kind of interesting. Well, so basically, no, 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 no. We, we've talked about it before. Have we? Yes, we have. Remember Did to look, you... look it up. Yes, yeah. I do remember. Keep, keep reading it later and let's do our stories so that you can get, <laughs> you have to go back to work and I have homework to do. So, yay. Yay. All so, right. We are going to be bouncing back and forth between uh, Geralt and Gisa. We're skipping over Greet because no one likes Greet. And I think we are going to do, there's only one line here that is Ludwig. Uh, we'll see who wants to do that one. Sounds good. We are going to be reading this story all the way through. Just fair warning to you. We thought that this one was really fun and it lends well to having uh, two hosts reading it. Yep. So, <clears throat> during the time of Avison's disappearance, two crazed and sinister siblings unleashed their greatest achievement. The necromancer Gisa raised a horde of undead ghouls, and her brother Geralt, an expert Skaven, created an... Uh, sorry, that's a thing from Warhammer. Uh, Skaberin, I don't know why he's calling it that, that we used to just call him Stitchers, created an army of scobs, shambling corpses stitched together from disparate body parts. Each hoping to outdo the other in their mad sibling rivalry, Gisa and Geralt besieged the city of Thraben with their zombie armies, sending wave after wave of unhallowed creatures at the holy city. Scores of civilians and Cathars fell in Thraben's defense, and at the head of the Church of Avacyn, Lunarch Micaeus was killed in the assault before Thalia. Uh, guardian, sorry, I, Thalia, guardian of Thraben, drove the monsters back. Audric, a champion of the church, captured Gisa and held her prisoner in Rider's Lock. But the rivalry between Geralt and Gisa is not easily put to rest. Should also be said, Gisa then raised the uh, Lunarch Micaeus as a zombie. Which I actually found out after a little bit of research, he's actually a distant cousin of theirs. Yep. Which and is awful. Yeah, became Micaeus the Unhallowed. It was a remarkably good card. So, <clears throat> Ludwig of Ulm. I hope this letter reaches you safely. Scobs make better bodyguards than cure couriers after all i believe the last time we saw each other was years ago at one of my parents parties i have so many boring memories of being forced to joylessly play the harpsichord for adults while my awful sister sang to impress the guests how many dinners did i spend wishing i was seated with the greatest mages of our time rather than atop a creaky child says music bench you always held such high renown in my mother's social circle and your talents and notoriety made you the teacher I always craved as a child. That was so many years ago, and I have grown into a well-admired and popular stitcher in the years since. I'm now quite famous. <laughs> <clears throat> and you have no doubt heard of my brave and mostly successful invasion of Thraben. I was able to eva evade capture thanks to my quick thinking and small stature, and have returned to my laboratory uh, in what I... What? Return to my laboratory in what is left of Trostad. Upon my return, I have begun a new endeavor to expand my knowledge and skill. As a practitioner of the art of alchemy, I was hoping you would be able to provide some much-needed insight as I delve deeper into the art of necromantic fabrication than anyone has before. 
Would it trouble you to pass any alchemical texts you believe would help further my studies? I am indeed, I am in need of a mentor, and I cannot think of anyone who would be a better suited to assist me for the sake of invention and innovation. What is your preferred method of avoiding decay or further necro necrosis of body once revived? Would the addition of a second liver assist the toxin control in a met metabolic system? What is your preferred method of animation via elemental transfusion? How familiar are you with Delia's, Delia Davison's method for brain extraction on living patients? I'm giddy with anticipation for your response. Sincerely, uh, Geralt Sansani? Did that, is that what we decided it was probably? I think it was Sasani. Sasani, sorry. Okay, skipping over executive officer Greed, who's basically upset because Gisa has escaped. He's <laughs> writing to Commander Audric. And then we have a letter from Gisa to Geralt. Geralt. Guess who just broke out of prison? Your ever-loving sister, Gisa. <clears throat> you don't just say, guess who, and then answer in the signature, moron. Why are you writing me from the old family house? I thought it was destroyed. Surely there isn't anything left after the accident. I thought once you, f once free, you would go back to your own territory. Geralt, I may have my freedom now, but there are no words to express the embarrassment and anger I felt when I was first captured, brother. I was foolish to try and go along with your dumb plan, and I was a failure for getting caught by the guard. It seems fate itself had a hand in my release, and I escaped my transport caravan while en route to Thraben from Rider's Lock. I was shackled up in the back of a covered caravan, with a muzzle and everything, and I heard a dreadful commotion outside, never one to ignore an opportunity. I swept my feet over the chains and rammed the door, escaping into the fog with the little div dignity I had left in the midst of the attack. What do you think of that? I escaped all on my own. My joy was brief. And the malaise I feel now has overtaken the thrill of escape. I abandoned my old territory before our pathetic attempts to raise Thraven, and I knew there would be nothing left for me there. After I got the muzzle and chains off, I thought it might be best if I returned to the old family home in Nephalia. The rubble is falling apart now, and it still smells vaguely of smoke, dust, and preserving fluids. <laughs> I know, right? Some rooms are still habitable, but I couldn't stand to go into Father's study. The evidence of our parents' last scuffle still lines the walls. The weight of guilt hangs on me still after all this time. In an attempt to purge this feeling from myself, I raised Mummy and Father to apologize for what we did to the house. I felt such relief in telling them how sorry I was for the fire, and how neither you nor I intended to inherit our parents' loathing of each other. I spoke of my failure in Thraben, of how distant you and I had grown over the years, my humiliation at being chained and muzzled while you gleefully escaped. Of course, they couldn't respond, but the experience was quite therapeutic for me. Given these recent happenings, I wish to add an addendum to the laws of necromantic warfare to exclude use of relations or family pets in the battle. I know you still have what is left of Spot. Respond with your desired time and location of our next duel. Your loving sister, Gisa. Gisa, you are being incredibly irresponsible. Put mummy and father back in the ground where they belong. I'm doing things far more important than necro warfare now. I am pleased you are out of prison, but clearly you're too stupid to recognize my help when I give it to you. Please do not contact me again. Garolf. I've returned your scab along with a number of alchemic texts. I believe you should find the answers you're looking for within. 
If you are amenable, I am more than happy to take you under my proverbial wing. Your mother was a talented necromancer, and she clearly raised a brilliant heir. Please do not hesitate to contact me in the future. Any son of Gretchen Sassani is a, is a son of mine. Your family has always been so playful in their love of the dark arts. Let us enjoy our brilliance and embark on the greatest game of all. Ludwig. I just really quickly want to interject. I really wish there was a Geralt card, because... Like, he's in the background of a bunch of cards, and he looks so cool, but I wish he had a card. Oh, wait, he does. Yeah. Oops, Stitcher I'm being Geralt. dumb. Yeah, sorry, I didn't realize he had one. I was gonna say, he, he, he does have one. I forget, because it's from a commander set, and it wasn't my favorite commander set ever. Ah. So. The art for it's pretty cool. He's just oh, kind yeah, of glowering. And he's got this thing that is apparently attached to his face. Oh. Okay, sorry. Uh, da, 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 da. That was from Ludwig, so mm -hmm. to Ludwig. Thank you for your response. I look forward to pouring through the annotated text you sent over, but please let us not be flippant when talking about our craft. I am absolutely sick of games. Dear Cable Knit Jerky, Irresponsible? Don't you bark at me like a child. I am one of the most talented ghoul callers of our time. I am capable of feats you only dream you could do. I've heard you trying to whistle. It's pathetic. You may think you're too good for necro-warfare, but I know it's really because you don't think I can function without having to rely on you, Giza. P.S. I am going to do my best to remember all my favorite nicknames for you. We are officially fighting. And there's a uh, officer greet we are skipping over. <clears throat> oh, Lord, this one's yours, too. <laughs> no, wait, sorry, 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 sorry. This one's mine. Nope. Oh, no, yeah. These next couple are you. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dear I very. Dear Sausage Taylor, I made a friend, and she's my age, I think. She's not. She looks like she needs some leafy greens and red meat, but I think she will do fine for my first friend. I met her while taking Mummy for a walk. Father is back in the ground now. The woman simply walked up to us without any sort of fear. She looked Mummy up and down and asked if I was the one who raised her from the dead. I proudly said I did, to which the woman smiled politely and asked if I could repeat the process easily. How droll. <laughs> I politely nodded, then called five ghouls and a half of a horse from under her feet. <laughs> Why is there five ghouls and a horse under her? <laughs> or, sorry, half a horse. Half a horse. As soon as they were out of the ground, the woman unsheathed a tremendous sword and severed each of my ghouls on the spot. She smiled from ear to ear. I knew at once that we were destined to be the best of friends. The woman introduced herself as Nahiri, and she is clever and quite interested in my work. I showed her how to whistle just the right way to make the dead do as they're told. Nihiri was very amused by my talent and said she probably wouldn't be very good at it, but seemed very interested in seeing the extent of my abilities. I've been calling again, and it feels ever so wonderful. So there you have it. Go back to your backstitching and needlepoint. I have a new companion, and I don't need you at all. Gisa. There's another one by her. Dear Meat Embroiderer, why aren't you answering my letters? It's because you have a girlfriend, isn't it? Giza. Oh, sorry, I guess it wasn't uh, Giza who raised <clears throat> Giza, please do not bring that up. Lily was never my girlfriend. She took Micaeus's body back in Thraben and absconded. I never saw her again after our brief acquaintance. She is terrible, and I hate her. I also hate you. Stop calling me by your old, awful nicknames, 
and thank me for helping you escape already. Here's a foot covered in gout. It reminds me of you personally. Geralt. <laughs> and then there's another one from Commander Audric. Uh, there's one it's from Commander like, Audric. Hey, to... hey, there's cryptolits here. Pretty much. So this is my favorite of her nicknames. Dear Squishy Quilter, Nahiri has left me for a bit. My work continues. Isn't that wonderful? I'm a working woman now. When I paused to reflect on my current situation, I couldn't be luckier to have found this new friend. Without Nahiri, I would be ruined. I sold my old property by the old Necro Warfare Grounds, and all former resources I had have been poured into my new career. My new friend asks for an army of builders, and I have raised her one. She was quite mum about what the zombies were for, but when I asked if they were to build a monument of stone to celebrate our talents, she raised her eyebrows and nodded with great enthusiasm. <laughs> Hear that? We're making a monument to our greatness. Nahiri is magnificently supportive. She adores my ghouls, and I think if I do good enough, she'll even build me a weapon to eviscerate you with. I've seen her work. She's very good with rocks. I have no clue what you mean by thank you for helping me escape, but I'm certain it is just you trying to get inside my brain. As per usual, your silly tricks won't work on me, Gisa. Gisa, this has gone far enough. I don't want to play anymore. I'm nearly finished with my greatest creation, and all I want is for you to let this go. I was the one who sent the scobs to free you from the prison caravan. I went through the trouble of building an attack force to overtake your captors. Not once have you thanked me for your release. Who else in this bloody hellhole of a parish has the capability of raising dozens of scobs? Did you think you were lucky enough to just happen across the very creatures I've made out of my made my name creating? Your ignorance is insulting, and your incessant incessance on clinging to our childish past is pathetic. Grow up as I have, dear sister. I just want to help you. And then this is another one. Uh, this is a Commander Audric. This is a Officer Greet to Commander Audric, where they're like, uh, Mrs. So this one, Miss Sakani. Uh, they're basically, has they're basically saying Gisa has done some bad, bad stuff. Gisa's pissed. Yeah. Geralt. You are an arrogant, hubristic, feculent bastard. How dare you naively assume I could not free myself? I am an idiot for not seeing the truth sooner and recognizing those scobs for what they were. Keep your presumptuous morality to your own damn self. I have never needed your help and I will never be dependent on you for rescue. My name will forever belong in the history books of our land. Tales of the mightiness me and Nihiri will let... Uh, mightiness of me and Nahiri will last as long as our monument stands tall and firm in the sea. Our physical legacy will stand forever unchallenged, and our glory will transform all of Innistrad. All that, of course, will happen in the fullness of time. As you can see, I chose a very special career for this letter. I hope you don't mind I sent Mummy to deliver it to you. You always took her side in things, after all. I've given the creature instructions to assist you in whatever task you ask of her every task other than leaving. Do you like how it feels when I help you? Don't you feel thankful for me stepping in and assuming you cannot do things on your own? I have greater things to do with my time than continue to entertain you. Look your mother in the eye and think of me. If you treat your own sister like a toddler who can't stand on her own feet, I will send you the one person who will remind you that you are a child. May you find pity in the embrace of whatever is left of your mother's arms. Gisa. And I think you can now understand why we wanted to do 
uh, reading for that. Definitely. Geralt and Gisa are wonderful characters and just goofy. <laughs> they really are. And I mean, I it, both of us grew up with siblings. So, oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> the rivalry. And to be fair, I can totally understand Gisa calling her brother by all the names of their childhood childhood just to annoy him as well, I, I like have done that to my own are, siblings. And I like that all of them are still just basically about stitching. Just mm-hmm. stitching with meat, like cable knit jerky. Yep. Sausage tailor. Meat embroiderer. I think one that I would love quilter. is like meat puppeteer is another fun one. I feel like that is a little bit too neat for this argument. Meat puppeteer? Yeah. It just feels too neat for what these two are doing. It just, it was pretty funny. Yep. But I think with that, we've gone over basically all the topics we wanted to do today in one of our fastest episodes ever, I think. I'm quite yeah. impressed with us. We were talking about keeping this one short just because the last episodes we've uh, recorded have been really long. They are. And you have to get back to work and I have to do more work from home. So, yes. Yeah. So. Uh, let's run down contact information real quick. So you can contact both of us at info at nian.net. That's N-I-I-A-N. And you can actually find all of the things we do at nian.net. Um, I mean, obviously, we're also on MTGcast with all of the audio stuff we do. Mm-hmm. I run a YouTube channel with videos basically every day but Sunday. Although that might change because I'm having to record a whole bunch of them because I forgot that there was some extra stuff I had to do before getting (laughs) to play the Fallout DLC. So instead of needing to do like an episode and a half before starting my stream, I have to do like four. That's a lot. Well, it's more of just like, well, I guess I have a bunch of extra content since I still haven't played the freaking DLC yet. Uh, you were so excited about that. I am, and I'm trying to get to that point so I can start streaming it. it it's entirely possible this will still go up before I get to stream. <laughs> uh, we'll see, because I actually have to. I have a dinner I have to go to, to. Well, not have to. A dinner that I am taking Haley to tonight, so we'll see. Fun stuff. Yeah, but that YouTube channel is Lair of Lore. It's where we got our name for everything else that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, links to that and our Patreon, also Layer of Lore, are all in the description, as well as our RSS feed. If you don't want to get it, f- get all of our stuff from MTGCast, you can get our direct RSS feed. Um, my Tumblr, uh, the links to my Tumblr are down below in the information panel. And uh, if you have been listening and keeping up with us, you see that I have. You'll see that I've started my. Uh, Film casts where I talk about different classic sci-fi films. Uh, the last episode that I just released was about the first Matrix film. Look forward to the second one, and I think that's everything for me project-wise. Yep, and uh, that is part of our off-topic casts, so it's entirely possible that there will be more things under that same branding. Mm-hmm. It could, it's basically anything that is not magic-related will show up under there. Uh, if you like what we are doing in any way, please feel free to come support us on Patreon. Also, again, patreon.com slash layer of lore. So for any amount of money, you'll get access to our derpy puppy feed, which is videos and pictures of my dogs being spastic little goofballs because that's what they are. Mm-hmm. For just a little bit more than that, you can get access to everything that we post 24 to 48 hours early. And we can also get our extra bits which is all the stuff before and after podcasts 
where we are uncensored and silly and goofy. And we pretty much talk about everything. Pretty much. Uh, there's some sort of unofficial rule where we have to review the last Sunday's uh, Oglaf uh, comic. Yes. I don't know why. That's just a thing we do now. It's a thing we do. If you've never heard of Oglaf, you should go check it out. It's wonderful. And <laughs> yeah, it's just wonderful. It's a pretty funny comic. Um, But with that, I think we should head out because work and work and i'm still sick and it's not fun yep well thank you guys for listening we will see you next time bye bye